This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Just wanted to take a brief moment to give you guys a little idea how we do it here at Paddle and Fin Podcast. We use the Anchor.fm recording platform. Super easy, distributes our podcast to many, many different platforms. There's creation tools to allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. Check out anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app to get started. Fin Podcast. I'm Brian, your host, and tonight Jay has the night off. So uh, I'm running this one solo, guys. Uh, I got a few things to talk about with you. Um, you know, knocking the rust off, getting back into the groove after a long winter, being out of the kayak and such. So this past weekend, uh, Got in the kayak. Well, let's take that back a step. So uh, two weekends ago, we were down in Douglas Lake in Tennessee. And uh, unfortunately, cold front moved in. Didn't catch any fish. Bummer, right? So um, this past weekend, I got out on the water again. Um, But I kind of had a different mission um, that I was on. I signed up for the KBF Monthly this month in Illinois uh, that... That's for the month of March, and I needed to get some points on the board. Not only that, but when I signed up, I knew it'd be rough just because, you know, everything's been frozen. Um, there's not a ton of open water. Fortunately enough, uh, I drove three hours south down by the Springfield area. Uh, in Illinois, we have a bunch of uh, what are known as cooling lakes for power plants. Uh, typically those don't freeze during the winter. So, uh, the first time I fished one was Newton Lake. You guys have heard me talk about Newton previously on this podcast. And the first time I fished that one was like the middle of February. Uh, pretty crazy when you live up in the North and you're fishing open water in the middle of February. It's kind of goofy because everywhere else 
is typically got anywhere between a foot and two foot of ice on most bodies of water with the exception of rivers possibly however you know our rivers were pretty locked up you know i've been pretty fortunate that i've been able to find some pockets of open water um prior to this past weekend on uh, the small river close to home anyways go down to uh, this power plant lake down by springfield it's uh, st chris lake first kbl tournament's going to be on that lake so i was doing a little bit of recon work uh scoping out the lake never fished it you know obviously did my research right um looked on google maps looked on navionics looked on my depth finder uh, which we'll get into in a second i've been putting that thing to use um, it's been a great tool uh, with the new side scan and everything on it you know did all that homework headed down early saturday morning got on the water uh like i said it's a three hour drive got on the water roughly i think it was like 9 30 9 45 in the morning which is fine you know uh it's, it's been cold at night water's just starting to warm up about that time so it was perfect. I planned on spending the whole day down there, which I did. I think I finally got off the water about 6 o'clock, loaded up and in the truck heading home by about 6. Um, so, you know, I spent a good time of, uh, you know, on the water. These cooling lakes are a little bit different uh, animal, so to speak. Usually you have a hot side and a cold side, you know, where the warm water discharges and then where the cold water intake is. Um, this particular lake has three different arms. There's a warm water intake, or I'm sorry, warm water discharge arm, a cold water discharge arm, and then there's another like slack arm. And off these three main sections of lake are a bunch of hidden coves and, you know, back bay areas, so to speak. So, you know, I dump my kayak in the water, uh, water temps right away. I think I read 50 degrees. As I got towards the main channel, uh, I was getting anywhere between 48 and 49. And in some of these back bays, I would get the highest reading I got was like 54 and a half. This was on that kind of slack arm. Uh, it it kind of branches off. So I can only imagine what the warm water side was. Probably upper 60s but it all depends you know these things um they have random running times and i know they weren't running because you didn't see any smoke coming out of the stack i wanted to scope out an area that was a little further away from the launch we're going to be launching out of for the kbl see if i can find some areas that would hold fish um, which i found some fish we'll get into that in a minute just instantly started paddling around paddled across the main arm Went towards some back bays, or started on a main point on the lake, figuring fish are going to stage up there before they move into the back bay areas uh, to get ready to do their thing for the spawn. The first point, um, I probably missed two, two fish, and kind of worked back into the bays, and I found a, a fish back in the one. Uh, first fish was 13 and a half. So obviously that's not what you're looking for when you're in the KBF. So finally get a fish, right? So this, this is where the real struggle comes from. You know, I signed up for the monthly to kind of, you know, get the kinks out of my system or get my system in order for tournament fishing. You know, we're doing these catch photo and release tournaments. You got to make sure the mouth is closed, nose is tight to the front of the board tails laying flat you can only have your hand in certain situations and you know I did that however you know you got to kind of have a system down and you know kind of reduce the clutter so to speak on the deck of your boat which was my problem I took a ton of gear with me just because I knew I was going to be in search mode. New body of water, wanted to have everything with me. Uh, I still could have brought more. But I probably had way much, way more crap than I needed on the deck of my boat. 
And that kind of hindered me at one point. So if you guys haven't seen this, uh, go to our YouTube channel. There's a video. It says, uh, title is Fishing the Bass and Gill Club with Jay Randall. Um, this was before Jay was a co-host. And I had gone down fishing with Jay. He belongs to this uh, small uh, fishing club near his house. Um, you know, it's a nice little little spot. It's an old strip mine. Um, cool little place. Love fishing there. Um, may actually fish there this week with Jay. In that video, Jay kind of did a walkthrough of his process on what he does when he catches a fish. Um, kind of chills out and relaxes, has a fish in his net. That was my first mistake. I got about 45 minutes away from home, realized I didn't have my net. So I was hand landing fish over the side of the boat, which I'm used to. Wasn't an issue. I didn't lose any fish at the side of the boat. The The fish that I did miss was just I didn't get a good hook set on them or they barely had uh, my lure in their mouth. You know, so I, I couldn't get a good hook set on them. You got to have your identifier in the picture, um, which is something I'm, I, I am not used to. Um, I had an idea going into the day of how I was going to do it. I had my identifier in a plastic bag. I kept it in a pocket on my dry pants, and uh, I would pull it out, put it on my dry pod, have my bump board in front of that, um, and get my picture. You know, I land this first fish, uh, kind of go through that, kind of bumbled around a little bit, and um, it worked. However, um, you know, I know a lot of guys like to just take photos of their fish and then upload them later. And unfortunately, I made the mistake that I had location services off on my cell phone or on my photos app. Um, not the actual Tourney X app, but the Photos app, and therefore I couldn't count that fish. So fortunately enough, I made up for it later in the day, same size fish, but uh, had an issue with that. So the rest of the day, I, I went in and turned it on, but I didn't want that mistake to happen again just because, you know, this is, I acted like uh, this past weekend was a tournament situation. I wanted to make it as real as possible so I was comfortable going into the season and I had my head straight and my setup straight and everything else you know I didn't didn't remember my net that was mistake number one mistake number two had just way too much clutter on the deck of my boat and I was just trying to get my system down see last year I did an online event uh it was kayak wars and you know, if I lost a fish off the board, it was like, eh, no big deal, you know, because any fish counted, um, you know, there was more than enough ways to make up those points, and I think you only got bonus points on a bass if it was over, like, 22 inches or something. You know, had I lost a 22-inch fish off the board, I'd be pissed. I'm doing this, get the first fish, get the jitters out, um, kind of realized some of what my mistakes were. Progressing on in the day, um, you know, I caught my second fish of the day was actually my biggest fish of the day, which was 18 and a quarter. Which is a nice fish, especially when you're fishing a uh, monthly tournament, you know. Got that got that on the, on the board. Uh, took the photo through Tourney X. I retook the photo a couple times. Always make sure, guys, that you're making sure everything is right. And the one issue I know... Um, I struggled with was the shadow coming off the fence of the board um, over the nose of the fish. You know, sometimes you got to position your boat so that way you got direct sunlight on it, everything is visible. You know, I just don't want to submit that and then all of a sudden there's an issue or a deduction, especially when you're talking an 18 inch fish. Um, you know, in a tournament situation, that can make or break you. Doing that, getting all settled, um, that one went fine. And then uh, caught a 15 and a half incher shortly after that. And this is where I messed up. Get the fish on the board. 
struggling with the sunlight, shadow on the fence, trying to reposition the board. And when I move the board, I knock one of my rods over the side of the boat. Now i got a decision to make. Do I take my hand off the fish to get my rod? Do I take the picture and, you know, lose 300 bucks? Uh, I'm not going to make that much in a monthly, I don't think. There was only a 20, 30 people signed up. Obviously, I'm going for my rod. Take my hand off the fish. What does he do? He jumps right over the side of the boat. Good news is, is I got my rod. You know, I talked to Jay about the situation. He goes, you know, if you would have had a savior device on the end of your rod, you could have just let it go. And you would have got your rod back about 10, 15 minutes later. But no, you didn't have one, so you lost your rod. Good job. Or you lost your fish. Good job. So, yeah, that was kind of a bummer, you know. Um, so for the rest of the day, as I'm catching fish, I would uh, hold the fish through the mouth and I would turn around, put my rod back in my rod holder on my black pack, and then get situated. You know, obviously you learn from your mistakes, and that's why I'm kind of sharing this with you guys tonight. Um, you know, it, it was an unfortunate situation, but I think this little dry run helped me figure some issues out before they were a super serious situation in a serious tournament situation. You know, that first tournament, you're always getting over that hump, so why not get the kinks out of your system and get it all dialed in before you're actually competing for some good money, you know? After I would do that, um, cleared some clutter off my deck, got that stuff all situated, and things got a lot better um, as the day progressed. Ended up with the five fish that I did submit um was 77 inches um currently sitting in fourth place so it's nice you know i need some upgrades obviously the smallest fish i have is 13 and a quarter 13 and a half i got two of those uh i got a 14 and something a 17 and a half and then the 18 and a quarter so i can definitely upgrade still got some time left Definitely going to work on that, but I, I think this is an important subject. Um, it's something that a lot of us don't necessarily think about, um, but it'd be good to go out and just act like it's a tournament situation. And stemming off this, too, um, when that fish popped off the board, almost lost a rod, like that'll mess with you mentally, and it could really screw up your day and your game. You know, I told myself going into this season that uh, the biggest thing I got to do is not get inside my head. I'm a super competitive person. I'm sure a lot of you guys are. There is nothing worse than getting in your head in the middle of a tournament. I've done it previously in fishing tournaments, golf tournaments, um, just fishing with my buddies. You know, they're catching more fish than me. Now I'm like, Seriously getting into it, thinking like, I lost my touch, things like that. And uh, that could totally screw up your whole day, your whole tournament, your whole event. So, you know, when I made this decision that I was going to be fishing a bunch of these tournaments this year, um, the big thing I knew I had to work on was my mental game. So that was kind of the thing. Like, after that fish jumped off the board, I'm thinking to myself, like, I just blew it. I just lost, you know a good fish like I'm screwed like I don't know if I'm gonna have more time to fish this month uh time to catch up like granted when I looked at the standings that two inch difference that I lost I'd still be in fourth place however that'd be one good fish that I could have had on there that you know would have made less inches that I have to make up to make the top three, so to speak. You know, I'd love to finish in the top three. And I think because of the number of guys we have signed up, like the top two, get a ticket to next year's, you know, big show, the uh, national championship. So, you know, what better way to start off the year by, you know, winning a ticket to the national championship. But you know, it's it's just one of those things. So that happened. I'm frustrated. I'm upset. Um, and I just kind of cooled down, took a deep breath, 
sat there for a second, said, you know what, no big deal. You're going to catch more fish. You know, it had been kind of a slow day leading up to that. That was my third fish of the day, and I had already fished probably two or three hours. So it was a slow bite. I just kind of had to regroup, refocus, calm the nerves, tell myself, you know what, you're going to get them. Like, let's just do this. And sure enough, that's what happened. You know, I, I calmed down, refocused, thought about where I had caught all my fish and what they had came off of. Uh, they all came on the same lure. Uh, I was throwing a pitch in a jig, football jig with a crawfish trailer on it. You know, it was what it was. Had I not refocused and got my head back into the game, it could have been a totally different day. And I could have ended up with just those two fish. Instead, I ended up catching, I think it was like eight or nine fish. Uh, smallest one was 12 and a half. Caught a few 13s, couple 14s, or 114, I think. And the 17 and the 18. So I put it up a pretty decent bag, I would say. Would that bag have won the tournament if the KBL tournament was that day? Probably not. However, I probably would have made some more adjustments on the lake. So that was one thing to keep in mind, too. You know, um, as I'm going through my day, um, it was kind of nice. Um, something I'll get into in a second here is, you know, I was totally by myself. This was a solo run mission. Um, I know Jay had some stuff going on. Uh, reached out to a couple other people to see if they wanted to go. Everybody had some stuff going on. It was kind of a last-minute trip. So, you know, I figured, you know what? I need to do this. I'm going to be fishing solo in a lot of these tournaments and uh, needed to put myself to the test, so to speak. But, uh, like I said, we'll get into that in a second. But, you know, I, I really wanted to scout this one section of water. That's, you know... I think I've talked about this before. Eliminating water is your goal in pre-fishing. Um, I eliminated a chunk. However, in a couple weeks when the tournament actually is, that chunk of water may be a little bit different um, because I'm sure the water temps are going to be higher. Fish are going to be moving in more. Things like that. So, you know, obviously I'm going to be pre-fishing pre some before the tournament. So I'm going to have some other water that I want to go check out and eliminate. You know, that was something I had thought about to myself on the way home was, you know, I could have went and discovered some more water. Uh, however, you know, towards that later end of the day, I found some fish concentrated on a main point off the main part of the lake. And that's where... All but one of my fish came from. So that kind of gave me some information, some insight. Kind of kind of gave me a spot where I could go if I'm having a rough time somewhere else come tournament time. Now, like I said, this was a solo run mission. And I know some of you guys out there are probably going to be fishing some tournaments by yourself. Uh, I want to send a shout out to my man Justin Marshall out there in Ohio, and uh, I know he's planning on fishing some tournaments, and he doesn't always have somebody to go with. So when I was driving down, you know, I told my wife before I left that I was heading down towards Springfield, Illinois, to go fish a body of water. And then I'm driving down, and I'm like, yeah, I probably should have told her exactly where I was. Um, just in case, man, you never know what will happen. So Sent her GPS coordinates and uh, a screenshot of where the launch was, the lake that I was going to be on, you know, told her I would let her know when I got off the water, things like that. You'd rather be safe than sorry, guys. So just, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to mention, you know, about that on here was just let somebody know where you're going to be if you're going out solo. You know, during the summer, uh, you know, you guys have heard me talk numerous times about the home lake here it's right in my neighborhood and I always you know shoot the wife a text like hey going out fishing uh you know on the home lake I'll see you when I get home just so that way somebody knows where I'm at heaven forbid fall out of my kayak somehow get stuck under my boat drown something at least somebody knows where to go looking for me 
or you for that matter. Um, like we've said before, guys, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when you're going to fall out of your boat. Um, and it's most important this time of year and the late fall when the water temps are cold, air temps are cold, you get the risk of hypothermia, things of that nature. So, guys, please always let somebody know where you're going fishing. Um, it could be a matter of life or death. Hate to sound like mommy and daddy, but, you know, it, it's a good lesson. Uh, the other thing was, is like I said before, I was wearing my dry bibs, uh, my dry suit when I was out on the water. I had air temps. I think it got up to 56 degrees air temps. And like I said before, the warmest water I saw was like 54 degrees. So, you know, had I fallen in, I'd be under that 120 rule. Obviously, that uh, would have been a no good. Granted, there was a ton of boats on the water. There was a big crappie tournament going on on the lake. You know, could have could have signaled for somebody. Always carry a whistle on yourself. That's uh, a must-have. Um, you know, by law, you have to have some kind of sound device, uh, whether it be a whistle or an air horn, with you on your kayak. Uh, again, that could be a matter of life or death. You know, always wear a dry suit in the cold water conditions, guys. Um, that was another thing I wanted to bring up. I know we can't stress it enough. And I actually heard recently that, um, I think it was the ACA, um, had said that, you know, 120 rule actually should be 130, um, especially when you're dealing with cold water and cold air temps. You know, so if it was, water temps were 60 degrees and the air temp was 60 degrees, you know, uh, you still have the risk of hypothermia setting in pretty quick. You know, just stuff to think about, guys. You know, we're just getting back into the season, getting back into our boats, you know, getting back into the swing of things. And this is when those crucial mistakes are going to happen. You know, we're rusty. Uh, things aren't fresh in our mind that we did all last season. Why not just just go through the paces, figure everything out. Don't wait till tournament day or the day before a tournament to kind of iron all these things out. Get them out uh, ahead of time. You know, for some of you guys down south, you've already had tournaments. But maybe, you know, you, you haven't fished some, whatever. Just, just get out there, kind of figure it out. Even if you're not doing like a KBF monthly like I was, just go out there and tell yourself, oh, we're fishing a tournament run through the paces, you know, yeah, that pressure is not going to be there as if you were in an actual tournament. However, you know, it's better to think you are and give it a dry run before you make the mistakes of, you know, screwing something up, um, losing a fish off the bump board, falling in the water, risking hypothermia, uh, you know, not having a whistle on you things of that nature, just safety stuff. Getting into, you know, going solo. Um, you know, like I said, it's important to let somebody know where you're going to be, rough idea when you're going to get off the water, things like that. But not only that, but just stuff you should probably have with you in your boat um, just in case. Like I said, mention the whistle. That's a must-have. Obviously, must-have a PFD on. But it's not a bad idea to throw a pouch in your boat uh, with like a first aid kit, um, maybe some dry clothes and a dry bag, some rain gear, things like that. Just be prepared um, for all things and uh, just be safe out there, you know. it, it Yeah, it's a few extra pounds to carry in your boat, but, you know, like I said, man, especially during these cold weather months... Um, you know, it can make or break you. Uh, could be a matter of getting home or not. Just a little tidbit on that. Um, you know, not only that, but I, I kind of thought about it on the way home that it was kind of nice being by myself. Yeah, I enjoy fishing with other people. Don't get me wrong. But like I said, I was doing some recon work. I call it recon work. Some people call it pre-fishing, whatever. But you know, it was kind of nice because I can go do my own thing, 
go figure my spots out, not, you know, having to think about, oh, is Jay going to catch up? Should I leave Jay here? Oh, Jay's catching fish. I'm not. Do I need to switch up? You know, yeah, it's nice having those other people because you can cover more water, uh, more baits, more techniques, things like that. However, you know, sometimes that that doesn't always work out. So it was kind of nice to just focus on me, my fishing game, what what my game plan was, and, you know, kind of run through the paces uh, for me and not have to worry about others. So that was kind of nice. Yeah, it would have been cooler if, you know, I had some other folks with me, but I really didn't mind it. You know, I do fish quite a bit in the evenings during the week out on the home lake. You know, usually it's just me out there unless I got catfish Matt meeting me up or, uh, you know, daughter comes with something like that. So um, it's kind of nice. Helps clear the mind and uh just focus on the fishing game yeah it's a bummer you know you'll be away from home especially some of these longer kbf tournaments but uh you know it's kind of nice because i can just focus on me my game plan for the actual tournament day and things of that nature so it was kind of cool um really love the lake down there Uh, if you guys are ever in illinois check it out um st chris lake it's down there by springfield I know I'm probably cruising back down there in about two weeks. Really looking forward to it. Supposed to hit it up with uh, one of our listeners, Jacob Ruff. You guys heard him previously on the listener roundtable. So super cool. Um, Yeah, looking forward to it. But uh, another topic I wanted to talk about was the new Garmin EcoMap Depth Finder. So, um, you know, obviously I use that down on Douglas Lake. That was my first time putting it to the test. And then this past weekend uh, when I was out fishing, uh, I, I really utilized it. It, it. it definitely came into play. That side scan, guys, I can't say enough about it. And it's coming into play in the exact ways I wanted it to. Um, you know, in the down scan too. You know, I had down scan... On my old unit, uh, it was much older, so the picture wasn't as clear. Uh, The one thing I'll say about the Garmin unit is that picture comes out super, super crisp, clear. Um, I can tell what stuff is. But on some of these main points of the lake, I would kind of paddle by watching the side scan. um, And I'm not even really watching the sonar. Um, I would a little bit, and then I would look to the side scan to see what certain things looked like. Um, Just because this is uh, my first go around with side scan. You know, I've seen it used before, uh, fishing for walleyes on big water. However, when you're bass fishing, you're looking for a little bit different stuff. Uh, Some of it may be similar, but uh, a lot of it's different. And I could really make out rock bottom versus muck bottom, uh, weeds, trees that were sunken in the water, because that's that's a lot of the structure that's in this lake is just laydowns, um, you know, sunken trees, bushes, things like that. So it was really cool, and not only that, but there was a time where, uh, like I mentioned earlier, there was a crappie tournament going on, so I'd paddle over these pods of crappie, and you can make them out clear as day. Same thing with balls of shad, you know. I would see it on the side scan, I'd see it on the down scan, and I'd see it on the sonar. So that kind of, like I said, um, you know, just working the kinks out of my system, going through, putting it, putting that piece of equipment uh, through its paces to kind of figure stuff out, see what I'm looking at, um, see what to look for, and things of that nature. It really worked out. Um, I'm digging it, man, and... Uh, if you guys haven't seen the video on the YouTube channel, um, you know, I walk through how I set that up all on my dry pod, um, and I can swap that between my 127 and my 107 bonafide. Um, I wasn't sure, like after I got done setting it up, I wasn't sure if I was going to dig it. So I can move my screen forward or backwards, but I can't turn it left to right. I mean, I can, but it, it, it's not going to be facing me direct on because of the way that that yak attack arm is that 
the actual head doesn't pivot left and right. It's kind of a fixed in one position if you guys are following me. Um, so I know like when I was down on Douglas um, and I was just paddling looking for structure, I would have it pushed up towards me so I could just kind of focus on that screen. And then when I'm fishing, I push it all the way forward away from me up towards the hatch. I can still see it. Obviously, I got a nine inch screen, you know, is it too big? Maybe, um, but I don't think there's that much difference between seven and nine. I like the nine because with that screen being a little further away, um, I can still see a clear picture. So if you guys are looking at depth finders and you're going back and forth between seven and nine inch, um, I would recommend the nine. Uh, or if you're looking between five and seven, go with the seven. Yeah, you're going to pay a little bit more, but I think being able to see that clear picture while you're on the water um, definitely helps. So that was one thing, you know, when I bought it, I was like, man, is this going to be too big and beefy? Is it going to get in the way? And to be honest, I had no issues. You know, I threw several different techniques and, uh, you know, it didn't get in the way of my rod at all. I'm digging it, man. Like, like I said, that, that picture is super crisp and clear, and I couldn't be happier with it. Um, and, and I'm not pushing you guys to Garmin, you know, Lorance, Hummingbird, um, what do you call it, the Dragonfly, uh, Raymarine makes that. Um, all good units, but uh, if, if you can pick up a side scan, I would highly recommend it. Um, I'm seeing a lot more stuff that I wouldn't normally know what it is or if it was there without that side scan. I know there was a few times on Douglas Lake where I've found some rock bars out in like 20 foot of water. And, uh, that was, that was key. I mean, granted there wasn't any fish on them, but you know, it was, it was cool to be able to know that that was there and try fishing that in case there was a fish laying on the bottom and you know kind of hidden in the rocks whatever you know and not only that but seeing some of the trees that were sunken down in six foot of water and you know the water's murky maybe foot and a half of visibility yeah i i couldn't be happier but i ran through that setup on the youtube if you guys have any questions or need some suggestions on maybe how to go about do, doing some of that um i know jay's got his setup on his Kusa or not his Kusa, his Liska. He hasn't set it up on the big rig, but I know he's got to get um, his button gear and get that set up, which I believe he's planning on doing this coming weekend um, through conversations that we've had. You know, we both have some experience with it, and uh, if if you're looking for a little help or advice or you know questioning what you're doing, uh, you know, shoot us an email, drop a comment, leave us a voicemail on the podcast be more than happy to reach out and kind of help you through it, give our two cents, and hopefully it helps uh, make your decision either way. You know, uh, that's the one thing. It, What I like, what Jay likes, what you like, maybe all three different things. But it's, it's kind of nice to get others' opinions and compare and come up with a game plan from that you know so super digging it man super digging it um off also been fishing down in my little river spot been scoping out some new stretches of water um i just put out a video this past sunday um first bass of the season and uh that's on our youtube and uh you guys can check that out wasn't anything monstrous but uh it was a nice little river largemouth i've been digging it down there i'm sure you got some of you guys have seen that you know i caught that big pike down there there was still ice on the water can't beat it can't beat it at all i'm sorry guys so i've been going through a ton of videos putting stuff out so this past sunday's video was uh the march six cents box I do an unboxing of my Six Sense box every month. Um, the first bass video will release the day the podcast releases, which is every Tuesday. So if you're new to the channel, every Tuesday we put out a podcast. Uh, you guys can always watch for that. So that video drops today. Uh, the video from my trip this past weekend will drop on Friday. So 
Um, in the past, I've told you guys I'm trying to do a video every Tuesday and Friday. And I've been kind of cheating because, you know, when we're doing uh, the podcast normally with it, whether it be me and Jay or me, Jay, and a guest, uh, we usually record the stream of that and then upload that on Tuesdays. So since it's me solo this uh, this time around, uh, I put out a fishing video. Um, but with that being said, um, the plan now is to do Tuesdays, Fridays, and uh, Sundays, three videos a week. I'm up in the game again. Um, I told you guys I was going to try to produce a ton of content this year, and uh, you know, just just keep keep it flowing. Um, so I got some ideas. Uh, I know there's some things I got to do to step up my game on that, but uh, you know, we always try to put out quality content. And if you guys missed it, you know, I gave a brief hint. Um, on the last podcast, you know, we didn't want to give it away, but uh, we gave away a kayak uh, when we were down on Douglas Lake. The video of that is on the uh, YouTube channel as well. Um, we just hit our 100 subscribers. Um, you know, we've been slowly trying to build this YouTube channel and we want to continue to grow that along with the podcast audience, guys. So, Help us out. Our next giveaway on the YouTube channel is going to be when we reach 1,000 subscribers. Um, we're going to give away a kayak. Again, another kayak given away. And you'll have the choice of the Bonafide RS-117 or the Jackson Liska. So both great boats, uh, both for rivers and lakes. Um, but you got to subscribe to the channel. And uh, make sure that your subscriptions are public because we have 100 subscribers. However, some of those subscribers have their profile on private. So when I do the drawing for the uh, free t-shirts on the 100 subscriber giveaway, um, there's only 40, 40 names in there because everybody else is private. So... If you're doing that and you want to try winning a kayak when we hit a thousand subs uh, make sure you get a public profile but uh, yeah man just keeping the content flowing for you guys um, we appreciate all of you um, again you know Jay uh, Jay was out uh, for this podcast he has some personal stuff going on that he had to take care of and uh, you know this is a little shorter episode than normal but, uh, you know, we don't miss an upload on the podcast. I've missed a couple YouTube uploads, but we will never sacrifice on the pod, my friends. Um, so a qu couple quick things, guys. Uh, mention the YouTube channel. Please go over sub to that. Plastics recycling program season is finally kicking off. I know the home lake just thawed out this uh, just yesterday, I think it was. Or maybe it was today. Uh, we got open water here. You know, guys are starting to get out fishing. So when you, you know, chew up some plastic baits, save those guys. Uh, we can't stress enough how important it is to save your plastics this season. Send them to the address in the show notes. The address has been updated. They're going to Pennsylvania. It'll probably cost you three or four bucks, depending on where you are in the country. Eric from Hammered Lures over there is going to melt those down, make new baits, and get them to Heroes on the Water. And if you guys haven't yet, check out Hammered Lures on Shopify uh, or just go on Facebook or Instagram, type in Hammered Lures. Eric's profiles will pop up, and he's got a link right in the description to get you to his baits. I was uh, drop-shotting his... Uh, PT grub, it's paddle tail grub down there on St. Chris this past weekend. Um, unfortunately, I didn't catch any fish on that certain technique, but they're super sweet. They're like two and a half, three inches long, got a little paddle tail on them, perfect for drop shotting. Uh, I love the rippers too. He's got the hammer tail worms, the newts, all kinds of good stuff. So go, go check out Hammered and, uh, show him some love not only that go check out my friends at southern lake company follow them on instagram and facebook uh, they got some pretty cool fishing apparel hats t-shirts 
they got some other cool products coming up as well. Shout out to my man at Southern Lake Co. And go give Jay's Fish Mob Lures a follow on Facebook. Um, Jay's making some some pretty stellar buzz baits. I've been fishing them for about a year now, and uh, I can't say enough good things about them. I love a buzz bait bite. Jay does an awesome job. They're super durable, and uh, I dig them. I dig them. So, uh, you know, show Jay some love. He's also talking about doing some terminal tackle and things like that. So reach out to Jay, and uh, he'll get you guys set up. And what else? I think that is it, my friends. Uh, As always, thanks, and shout out to Rocktown Adventures. You can find them at rocktownadventures.com. Oh, speaking of them. This weekend, you guys, is the Intro to Kayak Fishing Seminar that Jay and I are doing down there on Saturday, 4 p.m. Food, beer, and we got some baits and such to give away. We got baits from Hammered Lures, uh, Fish Mob Lures, Krabby Bass Lures, and we even got some stuff from Southern Lake Co. to toss out to you folks. So... We're going to run through our little spiel down there and then um, have a big Q&A. Just kind of hang out with some folks, talk fishing, kayaking, kayak fishing, you name it. And uh, we'll go from there. But always, guys, you know, obviously our audience is spread all across the country from coast to coast, north to south, even Canada and over the pond there. Uh, You guys would be amazed by uh, where we have listeners tuning in from. So shout out to you all. But with that being said, obviously those folks far away can't make it down to Rock Town. So um, if you guys ever have a question, comment, want to hear a topic on the podcast, we've done it numerous times. The last time we did it, we were talking fishing rods from a kayak for our buddy Jeff Gross. And... uh, you know, answered his questions. He gave us a little email saying, thank you. So Jeff, you're welcome. And, uh, you know, you guys can, uh, feel free to reach out always, um, you know, email paddle, the letter N in fin at gmail.com. You can reach us on our social at paddle and fin, the letter N and fin. Um, and you know, even our website paddle, the letter N in fin.com. So, you can reach us there, guys. Um, you know, one quick thing I wanted to bring up, and it's, it's not something we push all the time, and we, we don't talk about it a ton, um, but we do offer t-shirts and uh, hoodies and stuff through our website, paddleandfin.com. Um, we, we don't make much on it, but what we do make um, goes back into the podcast. You know, when we have a guest on, we send them a T-shirt. Um, our giveaways, that, that pays for the giveaways, things like that. That's why we monetize the podcast. Sorry, you got to listen to the goofy little ads at the beginning, but it's a way for us to pay for the things we're trying to do for you guys. You know, Jay and I aren't trying to make a... a a fortune or, or um, make a living off of doing this. We do this because we enjoy it. Uh, we enjoy hearing your guys' feedback and just just helping grow the community and, um, you know, bettering the community, so to speak. So, you know, that's why we do that, guys. So if you guys are interested in T-shirt, hat, uh, oh, there's no hats on there yet. I'm working on that. But T-shirts, hoodies, things like that. Please check that out. Um, not only that, but um, if you go to the Anchor podcast, um, just go to anchor.fm forward slash paddle letter N and Finn. Um, you guys can subscribe. It's kind of like a Patreon type deal to the channel if you guys are interested in doing that. I'm interested to hearing what you guys think about that. I mean, we don't like asking for money, you know, we're just... Uh, Throwing this stuff out there, you know, if, if somebody wants to help donate, you know, obviously we don't get paid to do this, but uh, everything we do make off this uh, goes right back into, you know, doing stuff for you guys and, 
you know, a lot of the stuff we do comes out of our pockets. So, um, we appreciate you guys, um, regardless, you know, like I said, we're not asking for money, but if you guys wanted to, you could do so. So with that being said, guys, I think that is a wrap. Hope I didn't bore you guys. Uh, like I said, we don't miss podcasts around here. So Jay will be back next episode and we have a guest coming up. So, um, I know we've been doing some solo podcasts here lately, just kind of giving the guests a break, but, uh, we got a pretty stellar lineup coming up. So next episode, we'll definitely have guests on kind of an interesting, uh, little, little dude we're going to talk to. So with that being said, guys, till next time, tight lines and smooth paddling. stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western a mule there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv on mondays head offshore with captain scott walker and steve roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures coming to me coming to me coming to me double he's jumping he's jumping he's jumping oh oh look at that belly don't miss mondays with into the blue brought to you by academy sports and outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m eastern tell a few fish stories along the way on waypoint tv the destination for outdoor entertainment